really the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hello, hello, Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Josiah Dame. And it's Vet Tales again. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Exciting. First thing in the morning, coffee in hand. Where's your coffee? Don't have it. What? <laughs> it's been a morning. <laughs> it has been a morning. Yeah, we have to do, We, I mean, we love that client education stuff, but it's happening simultaneously with like real sick animals. <laughs> yep. It's where we get the tails from, guys. <clears throat> um, anyway, so today we're going to have like a little bit more of, a, I think, a lighthearted topic because this is not something that's like life-threatening, um, but it is something that's it's frustrating, infuriating for clients and vets and vets and staff. Yeah. I always have to like caveat to clients. I'm like, this is frustrating for everyone involved. Yes, I'm if you so feel frustrated, sorry. don't feel alone. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we feel the same way because it, in theory, if I could just fix this and this be over, I would choose that the magic wand approach. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants the magic wand approach, but unfortunately. Okay, so I know you're dying to know what we're actually talking about, uh, which is ears. Mm -hmm. Chronic recurrent otitis externa. Ear infections. Over and over again. Yep. Woo. Constant. Yep. And so with ear infections, a lot of people are like, why, um, why me? Yep. Why my dog? And there are actually things that make your dog more susceptible to ear infections. Um, just like being the breed they are. So we see a lot of golden doodles. Yeah. We see a lot of labs. Yeah. Um, and so reasons are is confirmation of the ear. So like a floppy ear is going to yeah. have more issues because you're not a shepherd that's getting airflow directly down the ear canal mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. when they point their ears certain directions um, versus an ear that's flopped over and it's trapping in a lot of moisture and not getting dried out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, hair in the ear. Your poodle guys are all going to be that in that yeah, category. They just, just so much it's like hair. a carpet in there. Yeah, and so that traps moisture. Yep. Um, and then you have some dogs who are born with really, really small ear canals. I see that a lot in the pits mm -hmm. too, and then of course you're like Frenchies. Yeah, exactly. And so with those, same kind of story. You're not getting airflow down that ear. It's not getting dried out. So then you create a really moist and warm moist and warm environment love that i love moist and warm moist. environment for yeast and bacteria it's like a little party in there yeah a little they, party and they start to throw around so that's like <laughs> <coughs> our common <Throw> breeds <laughs> that's our common breeds that we i feel like we end up seeing for ear issues that do become chronic mm -hmm. um and of course there's other things that contribute to ear infections too yeah, the big one. Yeah. The big one is allergies. Yes. Um, can be environmental, mm -hmm. but certainly is m many times food related. Yeah. Or even both. Both, I think, happens yeah. a lot. But in the same pet, that is. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously it could be both in any pet, but also it could be both in the same pet. Mm -hmm. And anytime that someone comes in with an ear infection and it's like a two-year-old golden doodle you're like buckle up yeah i kind of <laughs> it's gonna be a long ride a, yeah kind of i go okay so is this our first ear infection yes okay well <laughs> it's not your last <laughs> i'll say hopefully it's one off yeah and we if i see you back in a month or two with another one then we're gonna start talking about some lifestyle changes like maybe 
food changes because more often than not they do need that diet change and it's really frustrating when you're seven in and then you change the food and then you fix it so i will i will almost maybe jump the gun with the food trials first yeah uh, after that second or third one because i'm just like yeah the first inner infection you go is, is exactly what i do it is okay well hopefully this is the last one yeah but Probably isn't. And mm-hmm. so here's what I want you to start thinking about yeah. is, you know, <clears throat> allergies, food trials, um, ear maintenance and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, those, those are the big things. Now, if there's yeah, like, I mean, you can't also, let's just talk about ear mites for one second. Yes. I was going to say, if, if you're if a cat, you might have ear mites. If you're a dog, please tell your owner it's not ear mites. I know you think it's ear mites, but it isn't. It's not ear mites. Yeah. And we have this beautiful thing now called um, isoxazoline preventions. Oh, yeah. Which are going to be your next guard, your brevectos. Um, they, they kill all those mites. Yeah. So it is not the same issue yeah. that we saw. Most of the cat topicals are the same way, like revolution yeah. as well. Like it yeah. does all the ear mites, which is nice. And it yeah, is so nice. It's you do not see it the in, same issue. In feral cats, you'll still see it occasionally, but with dogs, it just, like, I think in, I have been, between teching and being, um, like, an actual veterinarian and a student and everything in between, I have been at this for 21 years now, and I think I've seen three ear mites in dogs. Yeah. It's not common. No, and I've seen a couple of the ear ticks. Those things are so gross. Yeah, really Blech. gross. They are weird looking little things. Most commonly, it's going to be just allergy, uh, ear infection secondary to allergies. Secondary to allergies is by far and large. I read a study once that Plus confirmation of your dog's Yeah. Yeah, luck of the draw, like on genetics or whatever. Um, But I had a study one time that I read that said that um, in dogs with food allergies, in 85% of dogs with food allergies, the only symptom that they had was chronic recurrent otitis externa. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's still accurate because that's been like a while ago I read that. But the point is, is that um, Most people are, I think it's such a far removed concept. People don't want to say, um, you know, oh, food allergies make dogs ears itch. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it does in the sense that um, we know allergies create a lot of itching in dog skin more so than us. Like if we eat food that we're allergic to, we're likely to have GI signs. But not always. Like, you know, runny nose is a very common symptom of dairy allergies. Um, and uh, my daughter had a dairy sensitivity that was really wild when she was a baby, would break out in a rash. So it's not unheard of. Yeah. Um, I think people are coming around to that, though. Yeah. Because I have eczema. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> are we going to talk about Just to throw that it? out there. Are we going to talk about it? I have eczema. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can we, can we tell them all the diet the, trials I've yeah. recommended for you? Yeah. <laughs> the amount of people, not just Dr. Keith, that are like, cut out gluten. And I'm like, I, no, no, I'd rather just have the, I'd rather have eczema. <laughs> I mean, and that's a choice, man. Like, yeah, that's totally you. And some people choose that for their dogs too. Um, but essentially I think back to my original point was that the ear canal is just an extension of skin. Yes. So when we talk about ear infections in dogs, it is wildly different than an ear infection in humans. Like if you really got different. kids, babies, and they get ear infections, we're talking about in like internal ear infections, otitis interna. Which can happen, but really uncommon. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I maybe see one a year. And the symptoms are so much different. So different. Yeah. They're falling over. They, they're, yeah, they have head tilts. They've got a fever. They don't feel good. <clears throat> These dogs just have the ones that we're speaking of. This is the ear, inner ear skin 
so it's happening on the outside of the eardrum, if you will. So in the yeah. canal and up the pinna of the ear, which is the flappy bit. Yeah. And um, it's a skin infection. And if we can just be just, I know this is a little awkward people, but the, the most common thing that it would be like in people would be like a yeast infection that women get. Mm. Um, that's really the most common yeah. likeness because a lot of times ear infections in dogs are yeast based. Yes. So your symptoms are going to be really similar. Yep, red, um, itchy. Itchy. They're going to be uh, flopping their head a lot. They, yeah, they'll scratch their ears so hard they make themselves bleed. Yes. Um, and then the hematomatoes, as I like to call them. <laughs> the hematomas. <laughs> hematomas. They the, get little. Yeah, the ears that blow up. Yeah. So essentially, what's happening is that, and this can happen in like in a trauma incident too, like a dog fight, for example. But they'll be shaking their heads or scratching their ears so violently that the skin separates or pulls away from the cartilage in the ear. Cause you know how your dog's ear isn't just skin. Like you can feel the kind of stuff in the middle there. That's cartilage and it pulls away and the body's like, ooh, free space. Um, what do I do with that? And so just start shoving. Yeah, I'll put some blood there. It'll be fine. It's just like, that's like me trying to fix the holes my dog digs in the fence. Put some bricks there. It'll be all right. <laughs> That's how I fix it. And so the body is just putting fluid in the space, bloody fluid, um, in order to try to, I don't know, bandage what's happening. But but then uh, what will happen is the fluid then keeps the skin from being able to adhere itself back to the cartilage. So you actually have to keep a drain. Yeah, surgically correct it by draining the fluids and tacking it back down to the cartilage. So it heals flat versus if you let it go, which I personally have had a dog with double hematomas that we just kind of let resolve on their own um and they get a like a cauliflower ear is what yeah. they call it in wrestling so and they, like they kind of look like a crumpled up dorito yes yeah uh-huh. and so and they some they can be really painful, be painful. and can get we infected. don't recommend that um occasionally it's warranted so the another thing is it changes the conformation of your dog's ear and so thereby. after thereby after they get that hematoma if it was from trauma and not from like an ear infection um they can they're at a higher risk of getting ear infections because sometimes it even involves the um you know bottom portion of the ear yeah. near the canal and can even make the canal of the ear um tighter and smaller yeah. so which is why why it's so important to address these things quickly because that scarring in and that stenosis as we call it where the ear um, opening gets tighter and smaller it just is going to make the next ear infection easier and easier, easier. and easier yeah. so you, the sooner you jump on a maintenance plan because i mean you could not you could not do anything about preventing but what you're going to have is very frequent vet visits or a dog with very painful scarred ears that and, and they can't even end up in um what we call tikas, which is a total ear canal ablation, where they actually go in and remove the entire ear canal so the dog's head shut as if there were not an ear yeah. there to begin with, which is like what nobody's goal is. No. They leave them like a little opening, but it's weird. It is weird and some yeah, it depends <laughs> and on And it's worth it. If your dog is at that yeah. point, it is worth it. But. It is. It is worth it. But it is a referral surgery. There yes. aren't many surgeons that do them and there's just like ideally It's not fun. No. But I the Cocker Spaniels, uh, some I, I've had a couple of Cocker Spaniels that no matter what anybody did, they just wound up with a Tika. Yeah. By the time they're like eight. And I had one with the Tika, and it still had issues. Dang which it. is like how, but... Well, so like the Tika was... that my last Cocker had, they closed it completely. They removed That's the good. entire canal, and he never had trouble again, but his name was Jack-Jack, and yeah. he was obviously deafer than a doorbell. Mm-hmm. So if that's an expression, is that right? I don't know. Okay, let's go with it. <laughs> Could not hear I anything. He had no ear t- at all. 
So, um, uh, anyway, and then the other time I've seen it were people who have rescued an older dog, like, off the street or out of the pound, and it's just, like, the damage is done. Yeah. So, but let's go all the way back. Let's go back to, as we tend to do, we tend to go through circles. We went, we went all the way to the end. All the way to the end. Let's go back to the beginning again. Um, where does this start? How do you, what do you know you're looking for? When do you go to the vet? Yeah. You go to the vet when you start to see your dog bothering their ears. Um, or, or the funky the, smell. The funky smell. Or probably before they start bothering their ears, you'll just be like petting their head and then they lean into it and they yelp. Yeah. Not or necessarily. The, the leaning into it's fine because they're enjoying like a f- head rub. But like if they're painful when you push a little bit on that ear, then yeah. maybe there is an ear infection setting in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Yep. Um, and sometimes they'll. I mean, you can, when you look in the ear, it'll be red and it'll be, and sometimes there'll also be like a lot of just gick in there. I like to call it gick. Exudate would be a proper. Black, brown, Tan, waxy, wet, anything like that. Sometimes purulent, which Which, is pus. Yeah, purulent, exudate. And so that can even be kind of Mm whitish or tan, creamy color. It's. It's so pleasant, but at that point, your dog's ears are going to smell. Yeah, and like so... Like, you're going to not miss it. You bring them in. Yep. We do an ear cytology. Yep. The reason why we do that, and we do it every time, is because it's a way for us to monitor therapy, one, and two, find out kind of what we're dealing with so we know what to throw at that ear. Yeah. Um, so, we will typically see, and we'll throw it out there, we'll say, we saw cocci, rods, or yeast. Or and all so, three. Or all three. <clears throat> or two. Um, but... Um, those are general terms. So rods is just the shape of the bacteria. Um, cocci is just the shape of the bacteria. Yeah. It's so not a specific bacteria. It's just a, it's like a class. I mean, I don't know if you used to say class, but it's sort of like saying, <clears throat> saying like I saw dogs or I saw cats. Yeah. We all, they're mammals, whatever. So these bacteria, but they are, they, they tend to behave in similar ways, regardless of which rod or which yes. cocci it is, especially with cocci. The rods can get a little waspy, but. They can. Um, but as far as that, the reason we're distinguishing them is because they tend to respond to therapy in particular ways. Coxides tend to respond to this, rods tend to respond to that, mm-hmm. yeast responds to antifungals, and so forth. And so that's really why it's important for us to identify those. Yeah, and because um, coxi and yeast um, are commensal, which is a fancy word to say they're always on our skin. Just sometimes they get out of hand. Yeah, it's about population Um, management. Versus rods shouldn't not, you shouldn't have them in your ear. Yes, (laughs) and rods are scary because they can be resistant. They can be resistant. They can create biofilms, which is... Biofilms is that waxy, weird stuff we were talking about. Blah. It is blah. And, And it's difficult then because it's like... It's like putting this sealant over a saran wrap around them (laughs) so that your medicine can't get there. Yeah. And so um, you've got to get the saran wrap broken down, if you will, in order for your medicine to even get to the little germy guys. Yeah. If any uh, topic frustrates me, guys, it's this one. (laughs) And so if I get fired up because it can get so frustrating. It is so frustrating because – and then, like, I think owners will come back and they'll say – what you did didn't work. She was better for about four weeks, and then it came right back. And I was like, well, right. Because what we did was we treated the infection, and it t- that medicine lasts about that long. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the medicine that was preventing the disease was gone, then the underlying condition just took off again. Yeah. And so it can be – it's so frustrating from our perspective because we don't want you to keep struggling with the same problem either. Yeah. And it can be – like especially with rods – 
so like what about cultures because we've talked about that we've gone kind of around on the value of actually so the difference between cytology is we just use the q-tip swab the ear look under a microscope and we can see the cocci the rods or the yeast yeah um but with a culture you you cultures are difficult in ears because it's not it the way cultures are set up they're for antibiotics that you're taking you know orally or injectably um and so it's not necessarily telling you the spectrum of topical um effect but i in certain situations it may be helpful to figure out what kind of like rod bacteria you're dealing with right you know are you dealing with i'm gonna throw out some words are you dealing with e coli are you dealing with pseudomonas um so though it's not something we reach for often to do a culture on an ear we sometimes do reach for it because uh, it may guide our treatment yeah slightly. when they're not responding to what we would normally do in that situation and the rods are kind of just like yeah. flying in the face of when it when it's like the fourth time you've come in and there's pus coming out of the ear it's I like might, enough yeah enough. i might be like let's call uh-huh. a dermatologist and let's send out a culture just to see what this is what yeah um when the when the normal reasonable things are not getting you a response and there can even be things like there can be like a especially in older dogs a tumor down in the ear that's Mm -hmm. not allowing the normal movement of because you all of us have you know a normal amount of wax in our ears including dogs and there's this uh, movement happening constantly where that is being kind of elevated up and out um and whenever you have a abnormality within the canal like a growth let's say then it hinders the escalator or the ele- wait which is the- yeah escalator not yeah. an elevator uh the one with the stairs or the walkie ones at the, the wa- or the walkie ones at the airport what, do those have a name someone please fast sidewalks fast sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> motorized sidewalk motorized sidewalk i really I like them okay let's find out later if there's a name for those and if not we're going to suggest some names for motorized sidewalks <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's what's happening in the ear. And so uh, if there's, you know, obviously this giant thing in the middle of it, um, you're not going to be able to move that debris normally to the out of the ear, outside of the ear, and it's going to build up. And anytime there's a buildup of that stuff, that's how our bacteria start proliferating. Yeah. Or yeast, as it were. Are you Googling it right now? A moving walkway. A moving walkway. Um, All right. Moving sidewalk. A moving sidewalk, yeah. Moving uh, auto walk, moving pavement. Oh, so there's a lot of names for it, too, which means we aren't really settled on it. In British yet. English, it's called the Travelator. <laughs> no! A Travelator? Oh, that's amazing. Maybe we snort. <laughs> uh, Moving walkway. <laughs> my favorite thing about England is right before you get on to, like, the, the, the transportation, like the subway or the, um, you know, the train, tra- yeah. tram, whatever they call it, it says, mind, mind the, the gap. gap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you better. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a do- it's a doozy if you go down. <laughs> In the tubes? In the tubes. Yeah, you don't want to fall. Mind the gap. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's so funny to me. There are people in, in England being like, y'all are dumb. No, I think it's I think it's a thing. Because, yeah. like, there's stickers that say, like, mind the gap. It is. I mean, I rem- like, I didn't know it was a thing, and yet it became a thing for me instantly. The first time I looked yeah. down and saw it, I was like, yep, duly noted. And then you go to New York City, and you're just like, what's going on No here? doubt. No doubt. I, in one, it's random, but in one summer, I went to, this was my, after my first year of vet school, 
and I graduated that year from undergrad. Um, I went to London, New York City, and like Copenhagen in like a month. Yep. And I went after going to one Copenhagen to London, but going to New York City after those cities, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> I'm not trashing New mess. York City, but yeah. <laughs> the subway situation was very different. Yes, the subway situation is very different. Um, anyway, we digress. Elevators in the ear. Yeah. I mean, escalators. I mean, moving sidewalks. Yes. Okay. Um, so back to our back to our patient. We have now decided what infection we have. We are going to put them on, uh, depending on what we found, uh, different types of medications and or cleaners yes so uh what are your what are your thoughts can we just talk about ear cleaners for a minute yes let's do it do not put apple cider vinegar in your dog's ear don't put peroxide in your dog's ear don't put apple cider vinegar in your dog's ear yes like i know that peroxide was at there are peroxide even for humans ears but it's not your three percent peroxide that you have in your cupboard it's 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 a different percentage um and it it does not disrupt the cells like the three percent does but um we have medicated cleaners that we recommend most commonly i will reach for if your dog has an infection one called tris ultra made by the company detra the reason being is the the biofilm the biofilm and it, it breaks down the biofilm and the tris portion of it um kind of pokes holes into the bacteria and allows the medications to hit the um the bacteria a little bit easier yep it's the yeah. easiest way to describe it yeah yeah and then if they let's say you just have like a basset hound or a cocker that needs routine ear cleaning just for maintenance you, know, you probably should clean those ears i would say twice a month mm-hmm. um i like to use phenotics or ph nautic whatever mm-hmm. it depends on you know where you come from how you say it um but it is it also has that whole poking effect and it has a nice drying agent in there. It's pH balanced, which is why they call it pH nodic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that way it doesn't burn the dog's ear. Mm-hmm. And then the drying agent, so it doesn't just set their moist in there again, which is what you know bacteria would love to have happen. They love that. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a really great one for just routine maintenance. And, um, and then the Triz is, is great for those yucky ears. Yucky, yucky ears. And mm-hmm. so we have kind of three to four medications that will rotate through um, depending on kind of what's going on with the dog, the family sometimes. Um, So like if you're an owner that is not going to be able to put the medication in the ear every day for five days in a row, um, which happens, then we'll pack the ear with packing medications, um, you know, that sits in the ear for a a longer and you don't have to necessarily do anything. You don't flush the ear um, versus um, if there's a really bad rod infection, yep. then I will kind of be like, I'm sorry, but I can't pack this ear because mm-hmm. what I want to do is flush, 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 flush an hour later, put in this exotic medication, which is a gentamicin based, um, medication. And mm-hmm. then, you know, recheck in two weeks and yep. see what the ear's looking like. Yep. And sometimes they go on orals as well, especially for dogs that have that exudate, that purulent exudate yes. or the pussy ears. Yeah. That means that we've kind of gotten an infection, not just otitis externa, but otitis media or in the middle of the ear, um, which is still on the outside of the mm-hmm. eardrum because um, that would be the interna. But those dogs need an oral antibiotic. Depending on if it's cocci or rods, it will change which antibiotic we use. And then um, often, often I will give them a short course of steroids because the steroid will dry the ear out, which again is the, dry is the enemy of bacteria. 
and then um, relieves the swelling, which helps again get our moving escalator, what is it, moving sidewalk going. And then we also um, want to get rid of the itch so they quit traumatizing mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And it kind of gets to the heart of it because a lot of these dogs are allergic. And so we do have like Apoquel and Cytopoint for allergies, but those do not work well for food allergies, which many of these dogs have. So when I'm trying to do damage control, I start with a steroid and then I say, okay, we're back to a maintenance. Yeah. Can we maintain on Apoquel or Cytopoint? Which yeah. is why your rechecks are important. Please yeah. don't skip them. And potentially let's switch the food. Because it does take yeah. a minute for the food to your dog to respond to the changes yeah. in the diet. If you have any of this going on, please, when you get done listening to this, go back, if you have not yet, and listen to the uh, infamous food trial yeah. episode and the itchy pet episode. Because both of those are going to be really helpful for yeah, you. Yeah, they all overlap. Yeah, they do. And then with um, sometimes I'll just have a dog that doesn't have it that bad of an ear infection but the external pinna which is the fancy word for the outer portion of the ear is the just bit. so red and just mottled swollen. and swollen and so and and even pustules can be on that sometimes i'll send orals with them too Absolutely. obviously not my like big ones that i would use for the pus filled ear but um, I'll send something. And then, you know, if the canal's normal, I may just do Apoquel for the external pinna dogs and not jump to the steroid. But yeah, I, most often in years, I'm reaching for a steroid. Yep. Yeah. And another thing to look at, like if you're wondering about your dog, is like you were talking about the pinna and the the skin, the way it will change. Sometimes it will start to look what we call, what I call it, is cobblestones or elephanty. Mm-hmm. If that's a word I made up. Elephanty. Yeah. If it looks like with the creases and the thick. Um, that tells you you've got some degree of chronicity. You got a problem. You do have a problem, and it's been there a minute. Yeah. So and maybe just like simmering low. You know, some dogs will just like blow up. Classic it. cocker spaniel is oh. the cobblestone ear. For sure. <laughs> Where you're just like, all right. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> In three years, we'll put you on the books for the Tika. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're gonna swim uh, up current, no paddle. Yeah. You don't even have a boat. <laughs> like this is happening. Um, and it's, it's, you know, uh, also, uh, every Cocker Spaniel, I like to plug insurance, you know, every couple episodes. Um, if you have a Cocker Spaniel, get them on insurance when they're eight weeks old. Because if you wait till they're 12 weeks old, they might already have an ear problem. <laughs> <laughs> now it's pre-existing. <laughs> and also make sure your insurance doesn't exclude breeds based off their diseases. So, yes. like, some will be like, Cockers aren't covered for ears. Tricky. Tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky. Boxers aren't covered for, for cruciates heart. or hearts. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Watch that so fine tricky. print. Watch that fine print. Um, pumpkin is a good one. Pets Best is a good one. Trupanion is a good one. They don't breed exclude. What's the website that you can shop with? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's called Policy Advisor. It's P-A-W, like a paw. Policyadvisor.com. So it's like Travelocity for pet insurance. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, because we're not insurance salespeople. I just no. have watched some policies come through. Some we don't get a kickback from these companies. We do not. 100%. Right <laughs> we don't even get a discount. I think we get like a 10% discount on our own policies, even though like we charge ourselves costs for stuff. So There's no point. It, yeah, it's so brutal for on our end. But for you guys, um, it's a, yeah, can be, it can save your bacon. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so we... In general, most dogs do not need their ears cleaned routinely unless your dog has ear problems um, or you have a a breed that's specific to that, like the Basset Hounds and the Cockers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they actually don't recommend ear plucking hair anymore um, mm-hmm. because it just increases Aggravate inflammation it. in the skin. So back in the day, they used to say, get the ear hair out. Now they say, leave it alone. Um, you can, I think, trim it, you know, so that it's not like catching as much moisture. What are you giggling about? I'm just laughing at taking like a ear trimmer to the ear. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, like a yeah, like like the old the, man Like the, they're the ones the they put in their the nose. Ears. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Um, I think the groomers like just use their little, their little detail trimmers okay. is is what's going on. So you don't have like this super long hair protruding out of the ear canal because it traps less moisture, and then you're also simultaneously not uh, causing trauma to the to the skin yeah. by yanking all of the hair out. Yeah. So it's like getting you know waxing your legs. Like it's not. I've never had that done, but I hear it's painful. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, When you try to extrapolate veterinary medicine onto people sometimes it gets weird <laughs> oh that's jessica and I, dr east and i were talking about it yesterday when she had a, or i had a client uh, lift up her shirt and was like is this ringworm <laughs> i don't know you have to go to your doctor go to your doctor your cat has ringworm i don't know what that is <laughs> see your doctor <laughs> you are the one species i am not responsible for that happens more often than you think Oh, it happens all the time. <laughs> People show me a rash, and I go, you will have to go see your primary care. Yeah. I mean, we do deal with zoonoses, or zoonoses meaning things that spread to people, which is, is a tangent, but we're already All we here. can say is... This could potentially be contagious to you. Yeah. Go see your so, doctor. Go see, so go see your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I agree that rash is suspect. <laughs> go see your doctor. Regardless of whether or not it pertains to your pet, that does seem like it needs medical intervention from a doctor. Yeah. That is uh, for humans. <laughs> you know, I think only one hand I could fill with those stories, but that's a Give it lot. a minute. Give it a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Just the one hand so I have some that are way less pleasant running through my head right now. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. All right. So I think that's ears that's in a nutshell. Again, food, uh, infamous food trial and itchy pet. Those are great episodes to refer back to. If you have a dog with chronic otitis externa, do not feel alone. It's a really common condition, and it is a process, mm-hmm. and it's lifelong management. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, buckle up. Buckle up. All right. Okay, that's it, guys. Yay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.